Father God, we love you and we want to start out by saying happy Father's Day. Thank you for being the best father ever and we bless you. We bless you because you bless us. We, you blessed us with your grace. When we make mistakes, you pick us up and you help us. You help us and put us on the right path and show us the way. You're an awesome father. Nobody has to call child welfare on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we love you, Jehovah. Jehovah Yara. Hallelujah. Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah Makedish. We love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I ask today that you let the Holy Spirit use me to deliver this word to someone who may need to hear from you. Somebody who's on the edge and they have to hear. They must hear something from you, even if it's just a word or a sentence or a phrase, Father God. Let someone hear the you in me speaking to them and, and so that they've come to the foot of the cross and repent of their ways and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and live free, which is what he died for us. He died for us so that we may be free. Free in all avenues, free in all areas of our life. Father, right now I'm lifting up all the fathers in the world, whether good, bad, and not so good, not so bad. Father God, we're lifting them all up to you because it, it hard. it's hard to be a good father in this world nowadays. It's hard to be a good father, and there are many men who are struggling there are men who are struggling, and and some of them, a lot of them, don't want to tell anybody. They hide their tears on their pillows at night. They're stressed out. Father God, we've even seen throughout the years where medical examinations have proven that there it's hard on their hearts. The stress is hard on their hearts. They have a lot of responsibility, and the enemy knows his time is short, and he's going around in this world trying to do everything he can to, to trip people up starting with the fathers, so that the fathers won't be close to their families, won't be close to their loved ones. And there are a lot of fathers, Lord God, we lift them up to you as well, those who are not responsible, that act like they have no responsibilities in this world. Father God, I ask right now that you burn, burn all of the drudge, all of the, the nastiness and all of the bad thoughts out of their minds and cleanse their mind, which cleanses their heart, starts with their heart first. Give them a transformation, Father God, all the fathers in this world and let them see open up their eyes and let them see that you are there for them they are not alone there are so many fathers right now lord god that are being dragged out by uh by fake and phony religions and who who seem to have good points but they are liars and they are in trap oh my god they are entrapping these men and these men are believing what they are saying and it is not the truth. So, Father God, I ask that you put a, put a hedge of protection around these men, around the families, the entire families, the households, and open up everybody's eyes, all of your children's eyes, and let them see that they are the head. They are not the tail. We are your children. We are not the tail. There are so many awesome promises in this word, in, in your, your Bible, that teaches us that we are the righteousness of God. We come first. Everything else follows. And there are so many people who are seeing the opposite. And I ask this morning that you open up their eyes. Thank you. Use me, Holy Spirit. Use me to teach this word today. 
in Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach's name, who is coming back for us, and we can't wait. Oh, what a glorious day it's going to be to see his feet parting that sky and coming down to get us. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. And give us the patience. Hallelujah. Give people who are short on patience, give them more patience to wait on you. In your holy name, I love you. We love you, Father God. I lift up everybody that's on this on this call listening to this right now, whether they're listening on the call, on the show, or whether they listen later on, on the website. I lift them all up to you. All their problems, all their troubles, we ask that you burn out the dross. In Jesus' name, at the sound of my voice, it is burned out. Hallelujah. And Jesus has given us victory. In your holy name, Lord, amen and amen. <coughs> amen. God is good. I'm going to be taking this from John 5, St. John chapter 5. It's about porches, folks. Porches, amen. We've got to watch the porches that we sit on. You know, all of our lives growing up, a lot of us remember that, um, you know, the older people, when we were younger and we outside playing, the older people used to go outside and they would go to each other's porches and they would sit there and talk and some of them would gossip and what have you, amen. <laughs> what have you. You know, some, but, you know, they say birds of a feather. Birds of a feather flock together. So you have to be careful of what porch you sit on. Here we have um, Jesus on the Sabbath day, and he's curing an impotent man at the pool of Bethesda. Now, that doesn't mean he's an important man, okay? <laughs> like some southern people say, impotent. No, he's healing an impotent man who obviously has some kind of infirmity, um, and he's healing him on the Sabbath day, nonetheless. See, Jesus was good for that. Jesus showed man, human beings, that he's boss. Amen? God is God. He does what he wants whenever he wants to. It's just simple as that. I don't understand what part people don't get. Amen? And it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, for Hebrew festivals, the people always went home, much like we do today. You know, people, 4th of July, Thanksgiving, you know, Resurrection Sunday, Christmas, everybody comes home. You know, well, most people, if they can, come home and pray for those that have uh, schisms that would stop them from being with their loved ones on holidays. There's so many lonely people on holidays. Um, pray for them. And verse 2 says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Notice it says sheep market. It doesn't say kid market or a lamb market. It says a sheep market. Amen. And <laughs> a pool, <clears throat> excuse me, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda. We have the pool of Bethesda here. Jesus is doing a miracle. Having five porches. The way they built these pools where people would, you know, cleanse themselves in, okay, they built them for, for so the pools would have porches around them. And various people were on various porches. If you notice in verse 3, it says, in these day, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, the same thing, okay, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. See, an angel would come in 
It tells us in verse 4, an angel will come in. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. See, he would stir up the water. Certain seasons, we don't know if it was weekly, monthly, yearly. We don't know. But they would sit on the outside of this pool on porches. And they would wait for the angel to come and stir the water. And then they would get into the water and they would be healed. It says, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Okay, so this is about people who have sicknesses and whoever went into that pool right after the troubling of right after the angel stirred the water, okay, they would get healed. You would get healed. Now, we don't know if it's so many numbers of people or just the first person or if it was if people got healed until the water stopped you know, and and settled down. We don't know. It doesn't say here, but it is a wonderful thing to get into a blessing like that, the anointing. When God sends an angel to anoint something in your life, it's best to follow the anointing. Amen. If you want to get healed and do right and be and live right. Amen. And verse five says, and a certain man was there, which had an infirmity. Listen, 38 years. This man had an infirmity 38 years, can you imagine being sick with something for 38 years that doesn't even allow you to walk? We have people like that right now. Some of you may have relatives, loved ones that that can't walk or or they can't walk good on their own or whatever. And they can't, some people can't go to the bathroom on their own. Different infirmities that the, the enemy places in our bodies. These bodies are going to go through something. As long as you're alive, your body's going to go through something. But we should edify and encourage ourselves in the spirit. And the body has to follow the spirit. You get strength by encouraging and and filling your spirit with the word of God by the washing of the word. Amen. This is what's happening here. The washing of the word. When the angel came down with the blessing, people would get in. They'd be washed by the word and be healed. This is the only way you can get healed is to be washed by the word. We call the Bible the word. We call it the bread. It is life. Amen. And verse 5 says, And certain man had uh, 38 years, 38 years of chronic ailment. And this is what they call things today. Isn't this what they call things today? Chronic ailments. You have, uh, but people have breathing problems, chronic ailments. They have uh, diabetes, chronic ailment, cancer, chronic ailment, uh, you know, uh, uh, allergies and, and heart, kidney, liver, lung, joint, flesh, um, muscle problems, brain problems, thinking. You know, you're, it, these are, they had chronic it's not like they were just allergic to grass, okay, <laughs> you know, or or something. These people had these people had problems that was um, stopping them from having the life that God would want them to have. Amen. 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 And verse six says, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been a long time in that case, he said unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou?" be made whole. Now, 38 years, this man obviously was very bad or whatever was bothering him, he had accepted the infirmity and he had accepted that that was going to be his life for 38 years 
How long does it take for someone to get into the pool after the angel stirred it? So obviously this man needed help or it would have took him a long time to get there. Amen. And Jesus comes along and says, Wilt thou be made whole? You notice God will ask you first. He asks what you want. He asks what you need. He asks, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him. Notice he didn't say yes. He answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Okay, he's letting Jesus know that he doesn't have any help. Did you ever feel that way sometimes in your life? Helplessness. Helpless. Did you ever get into a situation where you just have nobody? Come on now. Nobody to help you. I don't care if you have a best friend, if a twin, a mother, father, a lover. I don't care. Husband, wife, neighbor. I don't care. There's nobody in this world that can help you like Jesus can. There's nobody that dedicated. I mean, even nowadays, talking about boarding homes, you know, older people in boarding homes, the help is not as good as it used to be even in boarding homes. We're hearing where people just don't take care of the elderly the way they used to, or something's always happening, or they get bruised, or they don't get their medicine correctly. It's hard to find good help. He's explaining this to Jesus. Jesus asks us today, he's asking you, will you be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And I suggest, okay, first of all, God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. He already knows. He's watching. He already knows what you've been going through. He already knows that you have nobody to help you. So when he comes and asks you if you need help, Just say yes. He already knows you need help. That's why he came and said, Wilt thou be made whole? Now, verse 8 says, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Notice, he helped him, and the man hadn't even said yes. This is how much the Lord hates infirmities affecting his people. God, my God. So all the people out there saying, Well, I have this because God gave it to me. No, he didn't. He wants you to rise, up, rise, take up your bed and walk. Not just rise and walk. The thing that once carried you, Jesus wants you to now carry it. There's an effort that is demand. He gave him a divine direction. There has to be an effort. You just can't sit there and lay there all your life and hope that something's going to happen. You have to put your first foot forward. Amen. And nine, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked immediately, not five minutes later, not next the next hour, not a half an hour later. Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day, Here we go, was the Sabbath. Now, according to man's law, you're not allowed to do things like that on the Sabbath. (coughs) You you have to learn to get off the porch 
and into the multitude to have better possibilities in your life. Amen. This is obedience to Christ. Amen. Now, and now we have in verse 10, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it's the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Now, the father sent his son down here to, to heal us, cure us, help us. Okay? What greater blessing can you have? Now, here you go. Here comes the devil trying to kill your blessing. <laughs> Using man, as usual. And, and they're trying to tell this man that was just cured that it's not lawful to, on the Sabbath day, to carry thy bed. See, they weren't allowed to do work on the Sabbath, any type of work, any type of work. And now, this goes to show that be very, very careful because when the Lord heals you and gives you a blessing, somebody is going to tell you it's wrong. Legalism is going to step in, and those that observe the Sabbath, those that keep the Sabbath, Okay, the lawful people are going to tell you that there's something wrong with your healing. There's something wrong with that situation. But what gets me is they're going to tell him it's unlawful to carry his bed on a Sabbath, but yet they couldn't help the man in the water on the Sabbath. These are religious people, legalistic people. Legal, listen, religious, legalistic people will leave you sitting so that you can rot. Remember that. Legalism rots. There are people right now rotting under the law. They have no life in them. They, they, you know, when, when, when a body rots, it stinks. Their attitude, their character stinks. <laughs> They're mean. There's no freedom in, oh my God, in legalism. Thank you, Jesus. There's no freedom. They're tied down and they're going to try to tell you, see, you're free. God freed you. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. God freed you. And there, that jealousy, that green eyed monster called jealousy is going to jump out every time and try to rob you of your freedom. And you better not give it to him. Don't give it to him. It's yours. Like a little kid, you know, with ice cream cone. You know, all the other kids, you know, they have ice cream cone, and all the kids in the, in the neighborhood say, I want some, I want, oh, give me that. You know, no. You grab it, no, this is mine, go get your own. And the man answered them. The one who was healed, he said, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. So he's letting them know, I've got authority to do this. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is right there. When, when God does something for you and he heals your life, you tell people, you tell them doubters and them naysayers. God told me to do this. Amen. I'm preaching. God told me to preach. I don't need your um, authority. I don't need you to okay me preaching the word of God. If you don't like it, don't listen. You know, old people used to always say an eavesdropper never hears anything good about himself. Amen. He said, the one that healed me said, take up my bed and walk. And then they asked him, verse 12, then they asked, uh, then asked they them, 
What man is that which said unto you, take up thy bed and walk? Now they're trying to find out who has authority, who's calling themselves. They have, have an authority to tell you to do something you're not supposed to be doing. They just These are the people, they just know they're always right. And did you ever run into somebody like that? They know they're always right and every anything that you do is wrong. They're going to find a way to make you wrong. That happened to me a lot of times in my life. And it gets to the point where you don't even want to hang around that person anymore because you get tired of them telling you're wrong all the time. Some people are like that. They have a, well, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you a corrective spirit in a nice way. You know, you're supposed to say it in love. But there are some people that just, it, uh, may, it gives them authority. It makes them feel good about themselves to always correct somebody else. There was a time, I remember, there was a time, I remember I was around some people one time. There was a time everything I said was wrong. So you know what I did? I quit talking around them. <laughs> what else can you do? Everything you say doesn't need corrected. Amen. And verse 13, he says, and he that was healed. Wait, let me see. Verse 13 says, and he that was healed was not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. He couldn't find him. He didn't know where he went. It says Jesus had conveyed himself away. Jesus, he did what he had to do and got ghost, so to speak. Amen. He was gone. They couldn't find him. They couldn't find this man that, that healed this guy. And you'll see that a couple times in the scripture where Jesus left and people couldn't find him. See, look, Jesus doesn't beg people. He doesn't make people do things. He does what the Father sent him to do, and then he gets gone. He's gone. He'll leave. He's not going to beg you. After, and, and verse 14, Afterward, Jesus find, uh, findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. He's telling him in the sanctuary, don't sin anymore. Now you know you've been you've been doing something. When he tells you sin no more, that means something happened. He's speaking in the, not always, but for him to tell him that there's something that happened that caused this to happen to this man. He told him sin no more. You've been healed. He said if you do, you're going to experience something worse than not being able to get into the pool of Bethesda. The next time, you may not rise up and walk. There are some people that have been healed. God has healed them of something, and they go, they go back. And every the Bible says every time you go back to that thing, it's, it's going to be worse. The enemy brings in seven times, seven of his brothers. It's just like smoking. I, I, you know, years ago, I tell this story. It's my testimony. But years ago, I smoked two packs, two red packs of Marlboros a day. I studied. Let me see. I went to, um, I was in Bible school in 96. And I quit smoking February 8th of 97. I was in Bible school smoking two packs of red, two red packs of Marlboros a day. <clears throat> and God healed me supernaturally healed me of that. I woke up the next morning trying to smoke a cigarette and it was horrible. Uh, it tastes like I had dipped it in something absolutely horrible. It was nasty. I tried to smoke again a couple, a couple minutes later, whatever. Horrible. I think I tried three times, two or three times. And then something told me, can't you see that God has healed you of smoking? 
and that was February 8th, 1997, and I haven't smoked one since. And you want to know something? Neither do I want to. Neither do I want to. Uh, I'm a singer. I sing for our Father above. Happy Father's Day to Lord. And I want to make sure I keep singing for Him and speaking for Him. And I want to remain as healthy as possible. I'm dipping in a pool every day. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't go back. He says, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Some people stop smoking. And and they you know some people they're so weak they they act like they're so weak because they don't want to do right or that thing has such a stronghold on them it wins it begins to win and they go back they was fine at first okay smoking in packs or two packs or whatever but then when they quit and, and they were doing right but then they went back they went back to the vom- as a dog goes back to his vomit the Bible says. Okay, so they go back to their vomit, and they start smoking again. The next thing you know, the doctor tells them, you have cancer. If, you, if you're on drugs and you quit drugs, don't go back. If you lie and you quit lying, don't keep lying. Don't go back to lying again. Live a righteous life, amen? If you were cheating on your wife or your husband, don't do it again. The Lord healed you. He took that away. He forgave you. Don't do it again. Or you are, as the Bible says, a heretic. And a heretic a heretic is a repeat offender. We have so many repeat offenders in this world. Some of you ladies out there, you know, I hate to bring this up, but some women, you've, 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 you're you've a murderer. You've killed babies. And I don't mean that to be mean, but God forgave you because he can and he loves you. It's over, done with. Don't let the enemy keep it on your conscience. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. I walk in, 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 the, uh, in, in God's grace, in the favor of God. But don't have another one. Don't go out and have two or three or, you know, don't keep. That's abuse of God's grace. And he's not going to have it. And when you get older and your body's not working for you or it's shape-shifted and you're all out of shape and, and it, it can't. He tried to tell you. You have until you finally meet the love of your life after you had all these abortions to these, these boyfriends and you finally meet the love of your life and y'all get married and you get a nice house in the country with a swing set and everything. You want to have kids, a swimming pool. You want to have kids and stuff and you find out your insides are ruined and you cannot have that man's seat. Don't go back. And 15, it says, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus, which had made him whole. 16, and therefore did the Jews, per- watch it, my Lord, persecuted Jesus for doing good. Isn't that something? They persecuted him because he was doing something right. Does that make sense? They persecuted him because he was doing something good to help people, because he healed somebody. And folks, we go through that today. Every day we get persecuted as believers because we're trying to do something good. We're trying to help people. <clears throat> you know, I hate to say this, but to this day, I'm sitting here talking to you on my phone, on one phone, and I'm using my old phone to record this to make sure I have the recording because for some strange reason, these, something happens where my messages don't show up when I'm done. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't get... It's a, it's a type of persecution. Even if it's not from a human, the enemy's busy. 
And some of you listening to this, you've seen it happen to me before. You've seen how many times I have to post online, forgive me, you know, three or four days later, they fix it, and I'm finally able to get the sermon back. But there's been time. I think there was one time, one or, one or two, no, one. There was one time, I believe, where they couldn't find it, and I didn't get it back. And the Lord had done some great speaking. <clears throat> he had me speak some wonderful things in that message. So, you know, it's a type of persecution. The prince of the power of the air, y'all. The prince of the power of the air is busy. And he can hear you. And he knows what you're doing. And he's going to try to stop you in every way possible. Amen? Ephesians 2.2. Write that down. I'm going to go back to Ephesians 2.2. Okay, the, the word calls the enemy. It's one of his names. The prince of the power of the air. And this is why, I don't know if some of you experienced this. We did here in Pittsburgh. Some of our channels just went out and nobody seems to know what happened. He rules the air. Let me see Ephesians 2.2. 2. It says, I'll start with one. It says, and you have, and you have he quickened who were dead in the trust in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, see the Lord's telling us about the way we used to be in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Don't go back. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. He has children too. You got up this morning. And you said, good morning, happy happy Father's Day, Lord. He has children too. And, and he uses people to aggravate you as much as possible to hinder your walk. See? And it says, and among whom also, uh, this is Ephesians 2, 3, among whom also we all had conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, it says in verse 4, who is rich in mercy, see, he forgave us for that and gave us newness, a new life. This is the time of newness, folks, right now, today. <clears throat> In the spirit, time of newness. For his great love, wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. See, God's grace, only through Christ Jesus. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. That made him whole. They persecuted him and sought him. They wanted to kill him. It says they, I'm back in John 5 now. It says they, uh, verse 16. They sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. They was going to kill him. Because he went against their law. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you've been forgiven by the Lord? Aren't you glad you have God's grace and God's mercy? Where you don't have to get stoned? Can you, listen... Think of some of the things you've done in your life that these people would have stoned you for. I shudder to think. Amen. 17 says, but Jesus answered them and said, my father worketh here too. And I work. He's letting them know 
my Father, the creator of all things, the God of the universe, the God that created the universe, the God that created everything, the God that created you and gave you the law, now gave me to you. He said, my Father's working and here I'm working as well. I do my Father's work. I'm about, hey, how many times have you seen a Bible where Jesus told people, I'm about my father's business. His mother was looking for him one time. He told his mother, I'm about my father's business. Know ye not that I'm about my father's business? He told his own mother that. And she respected it. Because she knew. He was the anointed one, the called one. In verse 18, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God, making himself equal with God. And so are you. As long as you have Jesus as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are equal. You are, See, so many people are so used to saying, I'm a servant, servant of the Most High. Well, yeah, we call ourselves a servant of the Most High, but Jesus said, I call you friends. Jesus said, he calls us, if you are a friend, are you a friend of Jesus Christ? You know, listen. Don't let this world or the people around you make you feel bad because Jesus said you're his friend. You are his friend. Verse, let's, let me see. I'm looking now, my Lord, John, the same, John 15, 15. We're in John on 5. Let's go to John 15, 15. Okay? If you hear me get quiet, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm looking, I'm <laughs> looking for a... Scripture, John 15, 15. Lord, help me. And it says, let me see. I don't know. But I, yeah, John 15, 15. It helps to go to the right chapter, right? <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you there with me? John 15, 15. It says, henceforth I call, this is in red, this is Jesus' words. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. This Bible that you're holding, you know, you have it in your necklace. They used to make little necklaces years ago with a little Bible in it. Whether you're looking at you're in the necklace or whether you're holding a Bible or whether you're reading it online, you have one of those online Bibles. Nobody else is going to give that to you except a friend. He trusts you enough. He gave you his best. Now give him your best. Amen. Are you saved? Are you saved? Get off of those porches, folks. Those gossiping porches, those downcasted porches, the porches of depression, the porches of jealousy and hatred and greed. Get off of those porches and get into the stirred up water that God, the angel of God, stirred up for you. Step in the water. Drop everything. That, drop all your hindrances. Just drop them in the water. You know, I, even when I clean up, when I wash up, when I take a shower or a bath, or I just walk, what do you call it, a chicken bath or something? I, can't think, I can never think of it, a sponge bath. No matter, you know, every time I wash and brush my teeth, when I'm underneath the water and I'm brushing my teeth, I'm saying, Lord, cleanse my tongue, cleanse my mouth. And when I wash, after I bathe, shower, or sponge bath, I, I tell God, this is, I, I, I call it. You know, we have the power to call it. 
And I say, this, I anoint this water in Jesus' name to cleanse me and take away all the impurities. And then as the water is going down the drain, with like let's say a bath, and I, I say while the water is going down, I bind you evil in the name of Jesus Christ. You will, every infirmity, everything that is not of God is going to go down this drain with this dirty water. <laughs> you know, wash it off, folks. Here, did you ever have times where you didn't feel good a few days? You know, there's been times, you know, I didn't feel good or whatever. And I felt something coming on and, and, and maybe two or three days or something. And you're laying around. You're like, what is wrong with me? Something just doesn't feel right. And then, you know, I go upstairs and I put and take a nice bath and put some of my Avon bubbles in it. And I put some Epsom salts in it, you know, and I, and I sprinkle a little oil in it. I use uh, Skin So Soft, you know, Skin So Soft. Or you can use olive oil, anointed, you know, anoint your olive oil and just put a few drops in your water. And you know I'll take a bath, and when I come out of that bathtub and dry up, put on, you know, my lotions and everything, and, and, my, and my pores close up, do you know I feel better? Gone. Whatever that was is gone. Are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior so all that mess can be gone? You can live a righteous life. If you're not, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior and my leader and my Lord. Then my best friend. I want to be your best friend, Lord. I accept the fact that you died on that cross just for me and rose up with witnesses and brought the saints with you for all to see how much you love me. And for that, I thank you. Amen. If you just said that, go find a Bible-believing, tongue-talking church, the kind, of, the kind of church that preaches not just the New Testament, but they preach the Old Testament, and they preach the New Testament, and they understand the um, connection. They understand what Israel went through because God sent that Bible here with his people Israel in it as examples for you so that you won't have to go through all of the H-E double hockey sticks they went through. You, you know, there's things we go through we don't have to. If we would just read the word and find out how it turned out. You buy a desk. One of those solder desks, they call it, sander, solder, whatever, and they send it to you. Let's say that the UPS drops it off. There's directions in there as to how to put the desk together. If you don't read the directions and the desk falls apart, that is not the company's fault. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't even know why I went there. That's not the company's fault, y'all. Amen. Amen. So, listen, take your fathers out today. Get them a good meal. Take them somewhere nice. Amen. Get them a good meal. Hallelujah. Eat and laugh. Don't bring up anything old. Don't bring up any arguments. Don't be discouraged. Keep your joy. Pray before you eat that food. Amen. <laughs> if he wants to cook on a grill, I pray that you have wonderful weather so that you can enjoy that food. Amen. This is Reverend Essie signing off. Thanks for listening. I can't wait to see you back again this Sunday coming up. Next Sunday, as we call it, whenever. All right. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Amen.